What's up, wrestling fans, trading card collectors? Welcome to Wrestling with Cards, the podcast. I'm your host, Zan. You can check me out all over social media. You mean to tell me a company called Cards with a Z? Because, you know, it's the 90s and you got to put that Z on the end of it because it's edgy, right? A, a mid-90s WCW card set, that alone is crazy because considered by many, the mid-90s was a time when the wrestling business was just, you know, in the toilet, so to speak. Not to mention this edgy cards, again, with a Z company, put out such a blockbuster card product such as The Flintstones, Tales from the Crypt, and The Mask. <laughs> That'll put some butts in the LCSs. As the title states, in today's episode, we're talking about the 1995 cards, again, with a Z, WCW main event wrestling cards. And while I had some fun with the facts on this intro, hopefully you guys found that entertaining. This is actually a pretty interesting card set. I'm a big fan of it. And I went over the entire set in detail on my YouTube channel. It's all in a nice organized playlist. Go back to my YouTube channel, check out all of those videos after you've listened to this podcast. If you haven't already, like I said, make sure to go check out Wrestling With Cards on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button. And if you like wrestling cards, trading cards, uh, just interesting hobby information, make sure to subscribe. Hit that bell icon so you never miss any of my uploads. Share it with everyone. Speaking of sharing, another podcast I'm involved with, World Collide, featuring Tony Vela from WrestlingTradingCards.com. Two YouTube wrestling card personalities getting together to, you know, sometimes have the same opinion, sometimes have differing opinion. That's why it's a good show. Make sure to subscribe to that show on all popular podcast platforms as well. And if you really want to support the show, check out Wrestling With Cards on Patreon, where you can monetarily help donate to help the show go. Uh, there's different tiers where you can help determine you know, what shows we're going to do next, uh, Q&A videos, stuff like that. All the links to everything I've mentioned is down below in the show notes. So make sure to check that out when you're done listening here. So I won't go too crazy covering these cards. I uh, just want to brush over some of the more interesting things that are in this set. The way these cards are arranged is very interesting. They sometimes go in order of the tag teams with like the singles being numbered back to back. So I'm going to use uh, Harlem Heat as an example. I believe it's card 16 and 17. So 16, I believe, is Booker T and 17 is Stevie Ray. Both are back to back in the card set. Both are members of Harlem Heat back to back. So that's, you know, they did that with, I believe, Paul Roma, Paul Orndorff, the Nasty Boys and some others. Stars and Stripes, I believe, Bagwell and Patriot. You also have this set broken up into, you know, different, I'm going to say subsets because they're different styles of cards, but they're not like inserts. They're not parallels or none of that. So you have them broken up into sets such as tag team sets, uh, where you feature both of the team members on the same card with the team name on the card. You feature announcers, uh, pay-per-view events, commissioners, managers, etc., tributes. There's supposedly on-card autos in this set as well, but there isn't any kind of authentication associated with it. And what I'm, you know, there's one or two people that have, you know, so-called legitimately pulled these autos out of packs, and they really are just the base cards with like a Sharpie on them. So, you know, otherwise many of these that you see out here that people are saying, oh yeah, I got this signed, or I bought this and my seller told me he pulled it out of the pack. Hypothetically, those could just be base cards that were signed at a convention or a wrestling event or something. So not a lot of authentication there. One, another one of those mysteries behind a wrestling card set. It seems like more than any other type of card in the hobby. 
wrestling cards just continually in these sets, especially these older ones, they have this like mystique about them where we don't have a lot of information. Was this true? Was that not true? But you know what? Now that I think about it, I guess that just fits in with wrestling because the kayfabe world we live in. I mean, look at the ratings of Dark Side of the Ring. People are interested in the aura and the mystery of wrestling. Just another reason why I think wrestling cards are awesome. There's also a couple of cool promo cards in this set featuring Sting, Hogan, Flair, Macho Man. Uh, I don't. I talk about them a little bit in the video, and I wanted to mention them here. They're not technically in the set per se but they were produced in the same year by the same company, so I wanted to include them as well. These cards actually have a very cool design in the fact that the, the card itself is basically just a giant picture up of the entire card, no border. Um, that does. They're also susceptible because of this due to chipping because there's a lot of dark edges around the sides. And I've also noticed that for some reason, it's not all older cards, but you guys know sometimes when you open up older cards that have been sitting for a while, they kind of brick up together. These cards are very bad about that. I've seen some pack openings where they were bricked. I've seen some actual whole entire bricks for sale on secondary markets where people are just like, hey, you know, discount on these cards. It's kind of at your discretion whether you're going to unbrick them, so to speak. But just another tidbit of information about these. One thing, this set is loaded with legends and future stars. But there's also some questionable names in there. So, you know, when we're talking legends and stars, Hogan, Flair, Arn Anderson, Harlem Heat, Steve Austin, uh, Patriot, Bagwell. Those guys were big at the time. Paul Roma, Paul Orndorff, pretty wonderful. And I could go on and on with the names. But, you know, major names that most wrestling fans know and love. But then you've got names like Frank Anderson and Dave Sullivan. Yes, Evad Sullivan, the biggest Hulk Hogan fan, apparently. These guys, you know, kind of questionable. But the thing you have to remember is you could say the same thing about modern cards, whether that's wrestling, whether that's sports. Uh, Dave Sullivan, Frank Anderson, I believe these were their first cards and maybe their last cards ever in wrestling. And you see that a lot with sports and you see that with modern wrestling. You know, people want to prospect on the next big thing. So when you kind of look back at these sets you have to remember that why you know you may question like why would they have put this guy in this card set it makes no sense he didn't do anything well maybe they thought he would have done something maybe they they were prospecting they're like hey this guy's got potential we're going to put him in the card set because we think down the road he could be our future champion it's the same thing that we've seen in the hobby over and over again so i have to remind myself of that and i just want you guys to remind yourself of that when you're looking back at past product and you kind of see these random names in here and like, why was this a thing? Why was this guy in this set? That's why. And as far as wrestling cards in the 90s goes, this is probably overall one of my top three card sets just off the top of my head. A uh, few, few of the cards in this set are starting to get some traction, uh, which is great. But for the life of me, I don't understand why this hasn't taken off over some other cards. But time will tell, I guess. You know, we're starting to see some cards pop up that we never thought would go up in value, all of a sudden skyrocketing. And then we've got, you know, the, like the 98 comic images from WWF. I still don't understand why those cards aren't to the moon, so to speak. We've seen the Rock auto take off. But even like the Rock cards in there, they're not getting the love that some of the other Rock cards are, even though they are pack pullable. So for many people, that's the rookie card, but they're still great looking cards. So now on to my 
top five cards in this set. I do have to start with an honorable mention because it wasn't technically included in the base set. That would be the Tech Chrome. Ooh, what a clever, edgy name, right? This is the 90s. It's all about technology and being edgy. Hulk Hogan versus Ric Flair, Bash at the Beach. Now, it does have a chromium finish on the front, kind of a basic Bash at the Beach pay-per-view logo on the back. There are 10,000 of these printed. They were somewhat of a promo card. Um, interesting that, you know, could you potentially consider this one of the early numbered cards? I, I don't think so because there's it says 10,000, but, you know, it says one of 10,000. It doesn't say this is number 596 out of 10,000. Like, you know, the first cards we've seen in that was the 94 action-packed autos featuring Undertaker and Macho. Those were numbered, serial numbered stamps. These just say out of a thousand. I don't know. There could be some kind of kabuki-ish stuff going on there, but that's my honorable mention because it is a really cool card. If you guys see that out there, it's really, you know, it says there's 10,000, okay? We don't see them pop up hardly ever. Were most of these thrown away because it was a promo card? It's possible making this, you know, what if the total population of this card is like a thousand? You know, I could really see 10,000 or 9,000 of these being thrown away by some company who had these thinking, oh, it's wrestling cards. It's not going to be worth anything. So just kind of food for thought out there if you see that Tech Chrome promo card floating out around there. Number five, Fall Brawl. This is card number 92. I love this card so much. It's basically a pay-per-view poster just kind of shrunk down into a tiny piece of cardboard for card form. Fall Brawl has always been one of my favorite WCW pay-per-views. It wasn't just because of war games. We all love war games. It's just, you know, a phenomenal match. Thank you, Dusty Rhodes. But for some reason, I've always thought that the wrestling business was better in the fall. And I'm not sure why that is. I don't think there's any kind of proven way to, you know, say that or prove that, hey, you know, the business was higher in the fall than it was any other time. You know, there's no way to prove that. It's just a personal perspective. But it could also be, you know, I talk about personal perspective because the fall is my favorite season. You've got football going on. You had wrestling going on. Nice, cool weather. Holidays are right around the corner. And because of that personal love of the season, I've always just associated the pay-per-view of Fall Brawl with that season. So again, a little biased, but really cool card and one of my favorite pay-per-views WCW ever put on. Number four, Eric Bischoff. Number 48. This is really a sleeper card in my opinion. Eric is pictured in this card interviewing Sting. And it's a really good shot of him and Sting with his, you know, marching band streamer jacket on. Gotta love old surfer Sting. But I like this card more for its historic significance. Little did we know when these cards came out that we would be looking at, as what Eric would like to refer to himself as in his podcast, a C-Squad announcer talking to Sting would go on to be one of the most influential people in wrestling history. And the fact that nobody is kind of taking that knowledge and combining it with this card to realize, hey, this is a card I need to own for historical significance in the wrestling business. I don't know. All I can say is I'm glad I got a stack of them and we'll be getting those graded and definitely hanging on to some for PC cards. Can you imagine like how cool it would be to have one of these graded, have like a McMahon auto graded and have Paul Heyman from the 91 WCW marketing set or maybe an auto just kind of putting the three of them together. You've got the big three names in the Attitude Era that changed the business forever. I don't care what anyone says, it's the truth. That's just, you know, cool things that you can think of when you're looking at these cards. Like, 
displaying them, historical significance, etc. So yeah, this Eric Bischoff card, really good in my opinion. Number three, the Monster Maniacs, number 39. This card is everything that is mid-90s wrestling. You got Hulk Hogan. You got Jimmy Hart. You got the Macho Man Randy Savage. And this card looks like Slim Jims, mustard, and ketchup was thrown into a blender, and this is what you got. But come on. I mean, that, that you, that's what you expect from mid-90s wrestling from these guys. You got the yellow and red Hogan. You got Slim Jim Macho Man. And you got Jimmy Hart doing whatever Jimmy Hart feels like doing. Just airbrushing everything to whoever wrestler he's with. Crazy guy. This is why I love this card so much. You got three legends of wrestling and just a total 90s nostalgia play for me here. Number two, and card number two, Hulk Hogan. Now, I want to stop right here for one minute. Can you believe that Hulk Hogan was card number two in this set? Would you believe me if I told you they put somebody above him that they thought, oh, well, this person needs to be card number one because they're number one and Hogan's number two. No, it's not Sting. No, it's not Ric Flair. It's the WCW mascot, Wildcat Willie. Yes, that's right. Wildcat Willie, number one in the set, Hulk Hogan, legendary, iconic wrestler, number two. Typical WCW. This is one of the best Hulk Hogan cards ever. Now, I didn't say it is the best. I said it's one of the best. And the reason I say that is when you look at this card, it's everything that is Hulkamania minus WWF. You have the yellow and red. You have the classic Hulk Hogan iconic pose as he's ripping his shirt off, just as you can imagine, with that big gold belt. I mean, what more could you want from a Hulk Hogan card? This is just everything. So if you don't have this card, definitely go out and get it. Very affordable at the time of recording. And my number one card in this set, and it's probably no surprise here, Steve Austin, card number 29. One of my favorite wrestlers ever, and one of the top draws in pro wrestling history. And just for the record, I was an Austin fan when he was stunning Steve, not just Stone Cold. Now, that being said, did I see him at that time becoming Stone Cold Steve Austin? Absolutely not. But I loved the Hollywood Blondes, and he'd do that camera rolling gimmick, walking to the ring with Flying Brian. I just, I always thought he was awesome. This card features Steve jumping off the top rope, about to land on Sting, which Steve never really jumped off the top rope. He wasn't a high flyer. So that alone in itself makes this card kind of rare because you get that image of him doing that. This is also his first pack pullable card that was produced with just him in general. You know, we'd seen the 93 magazine card. We've seen the 91 Chromie. And there, if you want to count Euro Flash, there's some stickers that came out before this. But as far as like packs and cards, this is the first. What that means that many people would consider this his rookie card. But then again, I mentioned those other ones before that people are calling rookie cards. So I don't know. The prices on this one are starting to tick up, which is great, I think. Again, not because, I mean, I have a ton of these and I'm not looking to sell any. I just think it's great that, you know, I'm ready for Steve Austin cards to go to the moon. Not because I'm going to sell them, like I said, but I think Steve maybe just needs to start getting more airtime in the hobby. And then guys are going to realize, oh yeah, I remember Austin 316. I remember the middle fingers. I remember him hitting vents. I remember the beer going everywhere and his, you know, driving the Zamboni to the ring, all of these things. I really think at the end of the day, he's going to be up there with the Hogan's, the Cena's, the Rock's of the hobby world of wrestling. As far as wrestling fans go, he's already there. But as far as the cardboard and the hobby, 
I don't think he's quite there yet, but I think we're going to start seeing it within the next few years. Thanks for checking out this episode of Wrestling With Cards, the podcast. Hopefully I've given you guys some interesting information into this 1995 cards, again, with a Z because we're edgy. And hopefully you guys will go watch the videos I did on these cards. I talk even more in depth about the cards as well as give some other background information. You can visually see everything that's going on that I've talked about here today. Make sure to subscribe to the show, share it all over social platforms. Let's get more people into wrestling cards. Let's get more people listening and make sure to tag me in. If you guys have any questions, reach out to me on social. Really appreciate your time, taking your time out of your personal day to listen to what I have to say. Hopefully I'm entertaining you and bringing you some knowledge as far as wrestling and the hobby goes. Until next time, thanks for listening. Catch you later.